When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Look up, you get a layup. Okruz up ahead to House. Whoa. House was denied from behind by Davis in the depot. All the shots look good, so I would keep shooting it if they get it. Jackson hits his second triple. And his shot is starting to look much better also. There you go. Struggle. Here's Davis for the exclamation point, Trey Davis. Nice look. Oh, Campbell finds Hockham. Vision. That kid sees the game, feels the game, delivers. Over the ball screen and a dive. This extra look to the automatic. <laughs> you know it's going in when Zigerman gets a touch. Thursday morning, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. We welcome you to the show alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. You've heard highlights from... Seton Hall and UCLA right there in the intro. Our guy Shane putting that together. Shane, our good work there. You, uh, you had Maryland getting hammered. Sure did. I'm sure you did, yeah. right? I well, mean, who, Did I tell you who, I have UCLA winning the national championship? That's a great pick because you're a Jaime Jaquez guy. Mm-hmm. And you found well, And some, Campbell's a, a nice veteran Hey, but too. how about how he's, his role is kind of changing a little bit, Drew Down? He's not playing as many minutes. His coach wants him to score the rock a little more. I'm like, okay, Mick. A little a little Jazz Shelley-esque, oh, right? Relying I, on I, the point guard I, I to see, put up some points. I see what you did there. You know you why know, they call it a point guard, right? Uh, because you are like the, the, the point distributor who gets the points. Thinking, or you, or you're, at the ce- or you're at the center, so it's the focal point because you have the ball. You're such a coach. <laughs> I was oh. thinking more because they get points. <laughs> but yeah, they don't. I was don't. looking for the third grade answer they, here. But they really, they really don't. No, though. they don't. But I was saying in reference to uh, the although, title. Although what? You know what, Drew Don? I'm going to entertain that a little bit. Because I don't think your primary ball handler can be a non-scoring threat and you have success. Mm-hmm. I really 100%. don't. 100%. I, I like the Russell Westbrooks and the Ben. Well, Russell's not a good example. Like Ben Simmons. Well, he was when he got triple doubles way back th- when. That's not going to work. No. Like you, you have to be able to at least have the threat of scoring the basketball if you're going to be a primary ball handler. That UCLA team, though, put up 49 points Listen, in the first they're, half. They're legit. Good team. And Maryland's good, too. Yeah. I mean, that was pillar to post, though. They got dusted off. I still don't feel like – do you love your handle on the Big Ten in terms of basketball? I don't know. In, in regards to do you know how to predict how I, things are going to shake I, out? I, I don't, no. I don't, I don't feel like I got a good cap on Michigan. I think I like Indiana. I do know Minnesota's not very good. Michigan State is, I, I don't know. Illinois, Illinois, State Illinois will teased win games. me like they wanted to be really, really good. And since then, I believe I've jinxed them. Yeah, Michigan State will win games just because of Tom Izzo. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll win more games yeah. than they'll lose because they have him. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, just, they beat Kentucky. I'm just like, I don't, I don't 
I don't even recognize what we're doing, Doc. Doc Doc Sadler. I I really don't. So I, I don't even recognize Do you have a surprise team? Like, do you have somebody in the Big Ten that you're thinking about right now that's going to be a surprise? I don't know if on. they're going to be a surprise, but I will say this. Because they're young in some spots, keep an eye on Michigan hitting their stride late. Yeah, you've been high on them this year. I like their talent. And I think Juwan Howard can coach. Now, the X fact, like kind of laying in the cut because I really like McCaffrey as a player. Older, not Iowa. younger. Iowa interests me too, but I'm not so sure Murray loves being the dude. Chris, that is, not Keegan. Yeah, Keegan, Keegan likes being the gone. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so Iowa, in, they have my attention, but Michigan is the team that I'm going to tell you, Tupac style, all eyes on me. You know, you can look up and down the Big Ten, right, and you see Nebraska in the lower yeah. end of it all. They are actually second to last right now, uh, but they are one of three teams that are 0-2 in Big Ten play. If you had to position Nebraska by year's end, mm -hmm. would they be middle of the pack? Would they be at the bottom still? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's so dicey. I mean, the Big Ten is so good, and that's why I asked that question yesterday to our guy Jim Polsey. Because I said, the Big Ten has six teams right now, DB, that yes, are in today. the top 25. The SEC has the same. Now, when he compared the ACC to the Big Ten and, you know, the, the way that margin worked out, uh, the ACC got the better end of it all. But when I look at the Big Ten, you know, as a whole, there are just so many different teams that could fluctuate in and out. Yeah. I, so, I think consistency is kind of the thing. But who are, like, who are the conferences you don't love you don't love the SEC. I don't I don't trust Alabama. I don't even really trust Kentucky. I think Arkansas has good yeah, talent. Yeah, I put a lot of trust in Kentucky Do at the start really? of the year. I did because I, well, I bet on Wheeler them to win the title too. So, I mean it's like all right, point guard play is always going to be a key for them and shooting the basketball well. But you know who I kind of like? I'll give you I'll give you a couple of teams that I like that I think are a little off the radar, even though one's a blue blood. I, I'm I'm kind of gravitating back towards Kansas again, like I did last year, and I like Virginia. You know, I'm an ACC honk, so always a good defensive team. Well, how about always. this though, Drew Down? Since you asked. Kansas and Virginia are two teams that are in the top 16 in Kempom, both offensive and defensive. Which efficiency. is funny. When you talk about... But do you want to know another that you like? You, you just referenced him. Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was like, I Surprising, huh? Yeah, well, that is surprising to me because defensively, they give up a lot of points. Because typically your national champion is top 20, top 20, Offensive and defensive Which last year, Kansas really was not that high They were so hard to prepare for, so I kind of liked them all year. And I'm starting, I'm starting to kind of like them again this year because we do this with them. Everybody. Where are we talk about, yeah, we talk about what they aren't. <laughs> right. And they got a fantastic coach. I, I, like, I like Kansas a little bit, and I like, I'm kind of liking Virginia. I'm I'm serious about that. Hurts my heart as a Carolinian. 
But guess what else I saw yesterday, and I think this was – You appreciate good basketball, though. I do, though. Uh, and uh, I, I was uh, following along with Robin Washett from – I think it's on three. I don't know the correct thing to say. I always want to say rivals because that's what I'm used to, but it's not. It's on three. Okay. I, and, I know what you're referring and, to. Um, he was talking about – tweet what he Nebraska's um their offensive tempo is now in the 200s when they were routinely a team under coach coach Hoiberg that was in the top 20 in terms of possessions mm-hmm. per minute he basically flipped that switch overnight and it was funny because all off season I I said in my former life out loud I wonder if they can speak it into existence becoming a defensive-minded basketball team. Because I'm a big... And it started with rebounding. I'm a you big... You had to do that uh, first. Speak, like, I wanted Nebraska football to say out loud, we're a developmental program. Because I felt like if you embrace who you are and you say, yeah, we're a developmental program, that will be how, what you you're set the initi- standard. And that will be what you move towards. Right. You want to be who you say you are. So you'll be in tune with development. Right, and I don't think that you saying that you're a developmental team means ah, we don't think we're going to win. Shane, do not cut up that that <laughs> deal. I just was like ah, <laughs> really, really. <laughs> oh, just what we're on today. <laughs> There's trap Thursday, folks, on coffee and cream. Me and Drew down going at it, but we're going to be all right. I know that's how I feel because we're sister sledge. Mm-hmm. We are family. You set the goal though, right? Yeah. So. They basically spoke it into existence. I, and I talked about the hires last week. Getting defensive-minded and kind of turning the corner. and uh, Like I thought that it was underappreciated what he's done with his staff, what Coach Hoiberg has done with his staff. Because it's hard to do. And he swallowed his pride a little bit as this offensive genius that hasn't been able to find ways to put the biscuit in the basket. But I do like how he built his Team playing to their strengths. And uh, save the whole – well, you don't have to save it. You can tell me. Well, it only took four years. Yeah, I get it. And it hasn't related in – it hasn't necessarily correlated into, you know, top eight, nine in the Big Ten. But it's doable if you commit to it. That's my point, right? He's he's finding players that fit his M.O. And he's he's using an M.O. and a blueprint that fit his players. Stop me if that's novel. <laughs> I don't think that's novel at all. It's a good book. That's coaching, right? Thank What's you, guys. It? So I don't know. It's very interesting. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love the cap on the Big Ten. Quiet and quietly, do you believe in Baylor? You know, you want to. Man, they were top five at one point. You want to, but. I'll be curious. They're struggling to connect as a team. Well, what about Oklahoma? So there are some dangerous teams in the Big 12 that aren't going to grab headlines that I don't think you really want to play. I don't feel like I have a good cap on any conference outside of the ACC because I think you have a lot of pretenders in that conference outside of Virginia. Yeah, one of them, UNC. No, they right now. But listen, full disclosure, I'm I'm on the side of Hubert Davis not being the guy. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's, a, that's a team that You caught. put your critique over your fandom? Oh, 
I, I again, I rather be I rather be right than well liked. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hey, that's where we're at. Hey, let's talk about a team that you can root for, and that's Iowa Western. Uh, your NJCAA national champions, and they did it in style against Hutchinson. Yeah, they hammered thirty-one Hutch. nil. Yeah, thirty-one I, nil. I like the World Cup reference there. Way to keep it consistent. Yeah, keep it current. Huge. Sh- Shane, this was a game too that was twenty-nine twenty-eight in favor of Hutch earlier this year. Yeah. Shane, make sure you grab Coach Stroh. Um, and, and speak to a guy that's underappreciated. Oh, he's, Coach Stroh. He's great. I see him in gyms because his kids are playing basketball, so we interact a ton. He's had a lot of my former players. Damn right, yes. Over there. He's a guy that I feel like I have a very good relationship with. Aaron Terry, his defensive line coach, uh, is, a, is a good Benning family friend. Uh, his nephew is one of my kiddos' best friends. His brother, Ryan, coached Caleb. Uh, for three years. So you have no connection yeah. with them at all, is what you're telling me. <laughs> I love Iowa Western. Uh, Jake Ryan, who is amazing, who I love, is their sports information guru. So, yeah, like, I'm I'm just happy because I love Coach Stroh and I love how he goes to work. It's a difficult program, Drew Down. They got huge numbers. He manages personalities. He gets guys to the next level. And this is my favorite because what's the crazy show on Netflix that ruined junior colleges? Oh, um, he hated. Last Chance You. Last Chance You, thank you. He hated that documentary because it is the antithesis of everything that he's about. And and I and good on him for saying it because he's a stud. Coach Stroh's a stud, but and he's super unselfish. Like when we talk to him, he is very quick to point out other people on his staff, his brother. Like just he 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 doesn't. Mm-hmm. He, he's just his humility is fantastic, and they do. Their guys go to trust me. In my former life, I had guys. I sent enough guys to Iowa Western. I know, like they. They make you go to school, and that's a part of entrusting going to a junior college because I know that ultimately you're going to be on a stage in which you're going to get eyeballs and people are going to come see you. So, um, man, I, I, I love Iowa Western, and, and I love Coach Stroh. You talk about JUCOs, though, and Last Chance U. I mean, that show, not, it is a lot of it's true, but a lot of it's drama, too, and it's yeah. built-in drama. Like they, you do it to entice your viewer yeah. to keep watching. I, I, I wasn't a big fan. That's, that's on. That's, hey, what's that's, up with the plunger, though, the turnover plunger? Did you notice that yesterday on the sidelines? Got to get it out of there. Get it out. <laughs> that's oh, what I that agree. stands for? Yeah, man. That's what it stands for? Get it out. It's a little, a little clo- <laughs> I, saw, I saw Coach holding the plunger handed over to Mr. Gotta Recovery. Get it. Hey, listen. So, do you know his nickname? You know how he got the name Liquid? Oh, no. <laughs> but if it has anything to do with a plunger, I'm excited. It absolutely does. Oh, come on, Shane. That's Liquid Shano. Not Liquid Shano. Here to unclog your You emphasized morning. the SH before you added Ano, so thank goodness. Yeah, it's Liquid. Um, you, you, you ended with Shano. And everybody called him Suge or Sugar. I, I like the fact you call him Shaner. Right, it's different. Yeah, but once I found out Pat calls him Shaner, now I'm like, I need to come up with something more unique for that's him. That's okay, man. You and Pat have some. I have more hair. Similar <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> Personality-wise, Pat and I are, are pretty close. Um, neck and neck. 
yeah, that's why I call him liquid because he's going to unclog your morning. So, and I'm a big turnover versus takeaway guy. Like, we don't talk about turnovers. We talk about takeaways. And, and that's what the plunger stands for. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's kind of funny how you see. I love it. Well, you see a bunch of these big dudes. Like, and these guys are like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, <laughs> and then there's this plunger doesn't even go up to their knees. Yeah. <laughs> and he like slams it into the ground like Baker Mayfield did yeah. at, at center field. Um, and uh, let's just say uh, the plunger did not s- stay upright. <laughs> it, it, so, the, so the cool thing about that is an AT, or Aaron, Coach Terry, and he tweeted out yesterday basically something to the effect of going to put on a show today, tonight. You, listen, you never see that from coaches, right? So that, and I know his personality, and he's, he's confident, but he's not that guy. So that let me know, oh, he, he's feeling pretty good about this one. It, they had tape. They had played him before. I felt like they felt good going into this one. And they, when it was 17 nothing at half, I, I was chuckling. I was telling my little guys, like, wowzer, you travel all the way, you travel all this way to get drubbed. And, <laughs> and the schools are only right down the road from each other. Well, it's funny that you say that, too, because you look at that score and you see 17 nothing at the end of the first, and you're like, wow, they're really taking it to them. And then you see 17 nothing at half, and you're like, is Hutch on the field? Well, and Hutch- then you see... Uh, what twenty four nothing thirty one nothing and it's like yeah Hutch is a, it's a great program I listen I saw a graphic but were last they night. there I, I saw a graphic last night where they have thirty one alumni playing current Division one football which is the most of any junior college going in the country so let's not it's, get it hey, twisted you know that's what a, that's is, a great that so they Hutch, have thirty one they have thirty one alumni is that why the Reavers put up thirty one points yeah. I and mean, that's why they stopped there, right? Sure, right. Right? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, good thing that they get to stay the night because they did not want to travel back in this mess out here. We've seen some slipping and sliding. Yes, take it easy out there. I mean, seven seventeen in the morning here on Coffee and Cream and driving in around 6.30. Uh, you know, the roads were a little slick. A little bit. Uh, it, it's blowing pretty hard out yeah. there, too. And there was an accident, a car on, a medi- on the median right here at Harrison. And what's the road? One, 126. 126. See, I'm still learning. Yeah, so there was a car that was heading southbound on 126 towards Giles. Knocked over Turning the sign. from Harrison. Hit the sign right on, on the, the four-way there. So it's where you're... <laughs> <laughs> so a live look. <laughs> yeah, it's a live sound of what's going on. So, so Shane and like my guy from Hill Street Blues... Let's be careful out there because um, it's going to be a fantastic show today. We've got Andy Kendi. Uh, we'll talk a little Vegas betting. You can hit us up at 888-638-4876. That a boy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, what do you know about that? That's McCook County <laughs> and the spirit of 76, 4876, baby. Like, make sure you hit us up and welcome our volleyballers. NCAA Final Four takes place in Omaha. We'll get into that more. No, I, I, no, 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 <laughs> no. DB's not there. We'll get in. Well, this isn't the Not everybody game. can be fa- Texas can't be family. Even though they got two skurs on the roster, they can't be family. Louisville Sandy, is partial family. Oh, Texas yeah, with Danny Kelly Buster. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, when we get into the Final Four, I want to talk about what we were talking about yesterday. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? Having been there, done that. If you had to pick one versus being a tremendous teacher, that was on the heels of Mike Leach, who was never a good player, 
But and a coach that won 60% of his games as a good coach, which would you take? And some comments from Coach Cook that I thought were – Well, yeah, I was going to say either it was either Michigan Lance or Brian called in and mentioned the reference of John Cook. Yeah. And then – Cook. Lo and behold, John Listen, Cook says some things, and he had it's a, in reference to that exact topic. He had a great conversation with Tom Chattel. And how authentic, how authentic is Coach Cook? You want to know? Oh, he doesn't sugarcoat. Just ask him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can appreciate it. But I can. It's my favorite. I, I the la- I saw him a couple weeks ago. We were doing. I was doing the state finals uh, for Nebraska Public Media. And I was transitioning in between games, and he had just finished a presser, and I had just finished. I was coming out. I wanted to change and shower because I don't like being in the same outfit all day. So I was going to run across the street to the Marriott. And anyway, that's not even that important. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's, it's a great a, story. <laughs> I saw Coach Cook on the way out, and I just had to, like, stop and talk because any – that's one of those – he's one of those people. I swear to goodness, do you know anybody like this where – if you have the chance to talk to him, you just do, because you at, at you feel like you're you're either gonna need to be better or you're a better person after having talked to them, right? Like I feel guilty too if I don't talk to that person, like because you he's you ama- walk away overthinking, like man, I should have said something. He's, he's amazing. Uh, he is absolutely amazing, and he's fair, but he's firm. I th- I think he's truly a lifelong learner. Like he is. I don't know, man. Like, it's it's a weird sort of man crush, but I I just it's a I good have, one. I have a lot of, and he told this story to Chattel, and it's so Coach Pettit, Terry Pettit, Nebraska's former volleyball coach. He took over one great guy taking over for another. It's like it almost never happens, right? That's why I was so happy when Coach Lamanji came to Westside for Coach Frank, like. You don't get one great guy to leave and another great guy to come in. And no he doubt. was he was going to apply for the San Diego job because of his tradition his history with coaching out at San Diego. And Coach Pettit was like, Nah. You told us it's a three year commitment. You're not applying. <laughs> so he didn't apply. That's awesome. Can, can you, you believe- imagine? Can you imagine he applies? He gets that job. Can you imagine if that's 2022 and all this coaching tree stuff we talk about? Oh, you're supposed to coach coaches and groom players. Coach Pettit was like, nah, bro. You gave me a three-year commitment. Yeah, stay you're, a little behind staying. right yeah. here. And he turns out to eventually be the head coach at the University of Nebraska. That is fantastic. And that was in the little nugget. If you haven't grabbed the newspaper, go read the sit-down that he had with Tom Chattel and I mean, he was Coach Cook through and through, and all the interwoven connections to the local establishment in the Final Four. And go D-B-K. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm cheering for, Teamville alluding, all the way. And, and alluding to, right? Yeah. In that 8 o'clock hour when we get into more of the Final Absolutely. Four talk. We will also get into uh, referencing the All-Americans, the AVCA All-Americans in that hour as well. But as we wrap up the opening segment, let's get to our poll question, DB, because Twitter has um, struggled to really settle in on some of our prompts. Um, I, was, I, I, I did feel like I was finally embraced by a soccer guy yesterday. It took my brother-in-law to do it, so good on Byron <laughs> Dacey, who played at Creighton, to add some levity, but, man, it appeared to be complicated. I was like, what's so hard about understanding? 
does the best player always mean that that's the guy that you would start your team with? Because I don't – sometimes it's different, mm-hmm. right? Is the best player the guy that you start a team with? So I, I'm glad you – the KISS method today for you. <laughs> What's and the ki- what's the kiss method? Here, here here's the poll question of the day. We we made it simple and easy. Taylor Twellman compared the World Cup matchup of Messi and Mbappe to Jordan LeBron playing in the NBA Finals against one another. Agree or disagree? That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is agree or disagree. Uh, let's go. Hey, I need more context. <laughs> hey, I'll give you more context on Nebraska's approach in the portal next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Graham whips it out to the flat and down the sideline with a block in front. Still in bounds and still going. It's a touchdown for L.J. Fitzpatrick. Heard a lot of that yesterday. Iowa Western again. National champions at the NJCAA level. Congratulations to them. Great program. And another great program that we are set up to talk about now is Nebraska football and the portal philosophy they have been taking so far. The 45-day portal window for players to enter opened on December 5th. It then closes on January 18th. But where they stand today, DB, um, where are we at on commits? Four? Five? Yeah. Right yeah. around there. Yeah. They've issued at least 11 known offers, transfer offers at this point, since rules higher. It's those probably are, more. Are, yeah, those are the known. Right, exactly. Known is the key word there. But being a developmental program, you'd think that rule would only make an emphasis on high school recruits, but that's not true. I mean, his staff has not shied away from the portal so far. Yeah, I. but I do think... I don't know, Drew Down. I've thought about this only in the last couple of days. So, like, I mean, you could feed me, you could mold me, because I'm not sure I'm set on anything. Could do, would do you foresee a year like a year ago where you have that many new additions? No, not like Bell Biv DeVoe or Ralph Tres. I don't think it's going to be a boomer bust. Different new addition. Get to a bowl game type year. You got to cool it down. There it is. Back to music. Uh, always. <laughs> oh, everything ties back to music. Uh, uh, I don't see it being a, hey, we're going to grab 30 guys from the portal, because that's what it seemed like last year. It was yeah. just like, hey, grab everybody. Let's try to make the misfits work. So you, you, I think you need a couple of key spots, though. You've got to find some O-linemen. And D-linemen. Especially with Kevin Williams um, going back into the portal. I uh, kind of kind of saw that one coming. I don't I don't think there was necessarily a mesh with coach Rayola and Kevin Williams Jr., but I do think it's important to note that the majority of those offensive linemen that are coming back did want coach Rayola. So that I think that dynamic is always interesting and it's just it's a it's a microcosm of what happens on a football team. Not everybody is for everybody, right? One of the great coaches that ended up going to North Dakota State in Craig Bowl, leaving Nebraska, was a guy that took me a little bit of time to come around on. <laughs> sure. I had him my senior year. He coached special teams. I was an integral part of special teams. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's mean to me. He doesn't like me. I got to figure out how I, I can avoid this guy. He's starting to hurt my feelings. Right? I'm just immature. And 
and he's a young up and comer. So I think. Have you grown out of that yet? Yeah, a little bit. I'm still sensitive though. <laughs> that's what we're on this. That's what, <laughs> yeah. we're on. that's what we're on this morning, Shane. No, so I say all that to say like it's it's different strokes for every for different folks on a on a football team. Just because guys have entered the portal doesn't mean they won't come back, right? I think we've already seen it. Well, yeah, with Jabari Butler, who is one of my faves, um, just personally. Uh, we'll see what happens with Ernest Hausman. Decoldis uh, Crawford yep. may be back in play for Nebraska. So I, th- he took down a lot of tweets. Yeah, if you like to dig, like are, he took down a lot of. Like, are you that guy? Because that's interesting. Because I'm not. So if you are, we'll be a nice tandem. I'm not that guy. Oh, and full fudge, disclosure, I Sherlock Holmes. I, well, I just do a lot of research and reading. Yeah, and other people. I like when other people do the work for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, but but work, I work smarter, not I, harder. Right? I also love giving credit where credit's due. So, like, even in this segment right here, like, this Portal Philosophy segment was sparked because of an article Evan Bland wrote for the Omaha Oh, th- hey, how good was that? Fantastic article. See, I like him. Uh, he's ve- really smart. So, full disclosure, I don't know why we have these intimate moments, but this is just how I am, and this is why I think we've been able to work on, <laughs> on radio. And, and I hope that's why people Cause, like us. Cause I, coming back. Because this is what I... I'm super authentic, right? So, I... It's a classic case. Have you ever liked anybody more than they like you? If you're Tons a dude and you've liked a girl, it's, it, there's 99% oh chance gosh, this yeah. happen, right? So, so I, I've, I, liked, I've liked tangible objects more than I've liked me before. So, so I think Evan Bland is one of those guys that I like way more than he likes me. So I give him some space because right? I'm just like, yeah, he's kind of quiet. You know, most writers, a lot of writers aren't super great orators, like just inviting conversation, right? They prefer to write, which is usually you don't have both skills. You know, space some, is some, a big some, thing. Some, some great ones do. So I, I, I give him his space. But even when he first got, and Shane knows this, I'm like, golly, we got to figure out a way to, you know, hold hands with Evan. And just socially, I was just like, eh, I don't want to, like, make him feel awkward, like, Give me some space, man. Like, why are you always talking to me? I barely know you. So I just let it go. Right. But I, I'm that, sure he would embrace conversations. That's with you. a guy that I admire from afar because I think he's really good at his job. Talented. Very talented. And, and so that's good because that, that piece, like, that was really, really good. And truth be told, quiet is kept. I'm reading these articles and I'm starting to really get to know these coaches. Evan knows a lot. Like he's not, he's not pulling these things out of his rear end. He is doing a very good job of, of talking to people, factual research, compare, contrast. He's got a good pulse. That was a great article. He also makes it easy to understand because the portal is overly confusing. Oh, and yeah. it's so new, and a lot of football fans just have a hard time really understanding the rules and regulations regarding the transfer portal. I mean, there's stuff I'm still learning about today in regards to the portal. Uh, and I've got a couple of guys that I'm trying to manage through it right now. Marquis Siegel being one of, is a DB that I had at, at Omaha North, fantastic talent, who had some success at North Dakota State and he's getting ready to graduate. Just finished, he finished up his finals. He's back here now and he's starting to rack up offers in James Madison and he just got one from K-State last night or yesterday. You know how I feel about K-State, right? Like... You don't like him very much. It's, it's a joke. It's no, a joke. no, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But it go it's deep, right? right. Connor Riley when he was back at Omaha yeah, your with, affection the, Maver- for with the Mavericks, right? And and Coach Kleiman and sending guys to North Dakota State. So there's this thing, right? And and so it's very very complicated walking guys through how to negotiate the portal because it's not. I know it's easy for fans to say, and I'm not. This isn't disparaging of fans. It really isn't because you just don't have the same perspective as players. A lot of times. It's a lot more complicated just just saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm 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 entering the transfer portal." Doing your due diligence before you enter the transfer portal, knowing who you are as a player and what you're capable of, so taking self-inventory and then pit it against or with what you're being told while you're being courted is difficult. And I think that's why you see so many players drew down stuck in the portal because I think what you just said four minutes ago, they don't have a good understanding of it either. Evan's article, I I thought it gave some good insight. I just don't see this being a staff that is going to be a staff for hire. I think they're going to – they rather walk down the hill and kill ten than run down and get two. And, and I think they're going to play the long game. You talk about understanding, and from a, a young player's perspective, because you're going through this, and I know you give Caleb a lot of space when he's making his decision, um, but at the same time, I'm sure you have a lot of deep conversations with him and what he's thinking about and just trying to gauge his interest in certain areas, but also like letting him make the decision. Mm-hmm. But I would tend to say that a, a, more times than not, an 18-year-old kid feels a lot of pressure yeah. whenever they make a commitment somewhere. And it comes down to almost like a parental decision at that point. You're trying to please your parents. You're trying to please your friends and, and extended family uh, more than you're trying to please yourself. Mm-hmm. But with the transfer portal, I say it's a complete 180 of that. At that point, you're oh, making point. the decision for you. You're trying to find a better start for you. Now, it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows when you're in the portal. It's because not only rainbows and butterflies. It's compromise. <laughs> only about like 60 to 65% of transfer portal athletes made their way onto a new team last year. Mm-hmm. And I read those stats. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Morning Dump or, or on one of our earlier Coffee and Cream shows. But it just goes to show that... It's a very difficult process for a lot of these kids. So when you see college football athletes enter the portal, it's never, it's, it's never a bad thing. Yeah. They're just trying to find a new start for themselves. Okay. Not to say that they can't come back, but also realize that they are 18-, 19-year-olds that are just trying to do what's best for them. Is, real quick, and I, I hear the music, which means 20-second countdown. Yay or nay, are there positions that you feel are more transfer portal clear than others? Like, are there... In, in regards to team needs? Yeah. Like, Yay. is it easier to get blank position out of the portal? Hold that thought, because yeah, that's, really that's what's going to happen. Next on Coffee and Cream. and Crane with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning to my left. 
I'm Andrew Rogers. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the show. It's Thursday, and the weather has gone from maybe like 10%, you know, snow and wind to, uh, what, what would you say, 80% since we drove in? Yeah, I didn't think it So would you call this sticking? Yeah, it, well, it's under 32 degrees, so yeah, I would. Or is it so? Shane, or you think it's just piling up because of the wind? Since 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 Shane has a thing for Jim Flowers, Shane, is this accumulation or is this sticking? Is it different? There is a difference, and I don't have a thing for Jim Flowers, Andy- but I do have more of a thing for the Weather Channel, and I usually get my. Uh, you know, I'm more of a KETV type of guy. Oh, when I'm, when I'm in Andy Omaha, um, Sean you know, Everson, Caitlin Andy Harvey, have the, the inside scoop on if this is sticking. Well, what what is this? Because it's starting to collect and it's weirding me out. I almost asked you this morning, Bro, but I thought it would be weird. Like, is this the first snowfall of, of us the year? Together? No, of the year. <laughs> yeah, of us together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? We were writing down our dates in our diary. Guess what? Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> God, so, God bless this show. I, I didn't want to say that because I'm like, there's not really that much snow on the ground. Like, it's, it's, it's a flurry, no, it's, but there's not it's, snow. It's now starting snow on the ground. Yeah. I, and full disclosure, I'm not a great driver. Oh, I know. Now, not a lot of bad things happen to me anymore. Is that your bumper hanging off the front of the car? No. So I went through a stretch, but it was all things that weren't moving. So that's fine. Like, I didn't hurt anybody. Like you sh- should be when you're, like, at home. Like you shouldn't get into a moving vehicle. <laughs> Stop it, Coach and risk Miles. Hurting somebody. Like I'm, I'm a great parker. I'm an average driver. When you park, do you have the thing that like lets you parallel park on its own? Yeah. So the lines line up. Like it's a thing for me. No, right? like the car parks itself. Yes, it's called auto. Well, no wonder you're a good parker. The car does it on its own. But it matters. But full disclosure, do you know where I got it from? That little pocket Hercules right there who would stand out and watch me for 10 years (laughs) pull into a parking stall because he was out there turning and burning. (laughs) And then it morphed into vaping to see if I was parked correctly. And so now I don't like selfish things. I was picking up dinner for my little guy because he had practice at a middle school last night and so i was i was in the benson area parking is very tight tweet okay so i pull up and there's a great big pickup and i'm like "Ooh, i don't want to stereotype but i'm pretty sure me and this guy wouldn't have a lot in common (laughs) so (laughs) when i pull up i'm like "Ah, do i want to say anything no, is he eating in there? So in typical DB fashion, low-key passive-aggressive, right? I get out, I look, I walk around to the front, I look, I open my door, I close the door, because I'm trying to make a statement now. Right. So my guy comes out. I was like, oh, poop. Here we go. He's like, hey, sorry, man. Um, I was in a hurry just trying to grab dinner for the wifey. And I was like, oh, he didn't say wifey. And he said, he said, he said my wife. Does that warrant this type of park job? No. Totally disarming because he was trying to do right for his family. So then I chilled. And at the end, he like, and it was a, like, he was a real worker. Like, he had a lot of tools and stuff in the back, like these big. 
Stuff I couldn't do, right? <laughs> so you're like, what is that thing? It, it, has, it has a, a yeah, heavy, uh, heavy end to it. If it takes called a hammer, yeah, if it TV. takes gas or manual labor, like I probably can't do it. So my man was like, "Hey, you look familiar." I was like, "Nah, there's no way." So he didn't say anything because I said, "I don't know." Were like, you I'd, on an ad for gonorrhea? I. <laughs> <laughs> Shane. Oh, I see. Why would you say that That's to me? That's a quote from Friends. <laughs> I don't watch that show. They you don't watch let, Friends? Bro, they didn't let black people on until like <laughs> the 11th season. No, I'm just kidding. Jennifer Aniston was like my go-to. Totally kidding, but I never heard that line. So, sorry. <laughs> I'm not a there, there, was a, there was a scene where they're like battling over the same girl. Drew Down. Dating. F- full disclosure, you're going to have to keep your composure around me. So, anyway. I... No, no, no. There was a scene. Let me explain this. Okay, so, go ahead. I'll set this And I'll finish the story. <laughs> there was a scene when they were dating the same girl. In fact, she was a black girl. Score! So, they were dating the same girl. No offense to my wife. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where are we going? They're dating the same girl. Dave Matthews song? They are trying to fi- find a way for her to latch on to one of the two, right? Do you and think that, Bill and Chris are like, uh... They're like, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> the, the, for two and a half weeks, this was no, fine. But, but for as smart as Bill is, though, he's low-key kind of out there, too. So he may embrace this. Because you don't get to be that smart and be like uh, a normal thinker. Hey, you know, we're having fun. We're having fun. Anyway, they were going back and forth, like, taking shots at one another. And Joey, the actor, was trying that's to make the, ends meet. That's Drake Ramore. Huh? Drake Ramore. He was on the poster. Yeah. In the subway. <laughs> so, so, all right, that, that's my story. So, I never like invited the dialogue of that I look familiar, and I'm hoping that, like, the guy didn't get in his truck and was like, "That little, that little son of a gun, man, he fooled me. I know, I know who that was, but I didn't play into it because I was in a hurry and." My look at his practice was you over You talked about conversing with people that you want to have conversations with he was on. He was cool, though. But I felt I, felt, um, I was convicted because I was being dramatic. I you? Was, I, was looking no. at, I was looking at the front of my car. <laughs> I was looking to see if I had an angle. And this little, this little Shane, this little Subaru hatchback, I didn't even think they still made him, was to my right. So I was really in no man's land because I'm like in like the Benson area. And I'm across from this place, Jake's Cigar Shop, and it's very, it's small. And I felt like, so I'm driving, and I'm going to get my little guy from practice. I'm like, how in the, oh, are they in there? Would you stop? (laughs) Every time a drop comes, DB gets distracted. (laughs) Because I should know this from having worked with him for so long. He's very, very timely. So... He finishes my sentences for me. But I was hoping that that guy didn't think that I was, like, being... By no means. I mean, ever... Facetious. Facetious? Yeah, but that's how I learned to spell it. Oh, facetious. Major League Baseball. It's actually a great way to go about pronouncing words. Yeah. Saying it wrong. Whatever the hell it is. Have you not heard me ever say, like, hyperbole or... I, I heard something yesterday that I'm like... Are you, is that a new word that I didn't know about? And I typed it in. I'm like, nope, that's a word that actually means something different. But he's, I know what he's implying oh, me? here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. 
I'll I be- love it. No. Okay. Don't be better. You are better. <laughs> you are better. Chris P. on, uh, oh, on YouTube oh, comments, uh, this, guy, this went off the rails quickly. Yeah. So, guy, Chris P. <laughs> I, I don't even know what happened. Yeah. Hey, except, you know, except let's tie it back in. Let's tie it back in before we get into the 8 o'clock hour. We can get into more Portal Talk there, too. I mean, DB and I love just having some fun with you guys, and thanks for tuning in no matter what here on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency. But as we went into break, you presented me with a question, and that question was, essentially, is the Portal easy access for teams to build their team, right? Because there's so many options out there. Yes. Right. So by position... Is it easier? There's two that I think are really hard to evaluate. Positions? Yes. What are the Let me ask it this way. Are there you agreed yes, there are positions that are more difficult than others mm-hmm. or more surefire. What's the easiest position do you think to evaluate through the portal? Quarterback. I think. Oh my gosh, I put that too as the most difficult. Really? I think quarterback is the easiest because you see this guy play but in so many different so offenses. But it's so dependent and on your OC and scheme. 100%. But you build for that, right? So you look at – you can find comparisons with your OCs out there in the world. So, like, if they run similar style offenses, you know this player will work in mm. your offense. But also at the same time, the quarterback is somebody that's known to adjust quickly. So that's why I actually gravitated to quarterbacks the easiest – to snag, but he's also the high-profile player in the portal. So how, do you, how would you explain, like, Gabriel all of a sudden not being good or, or – uh, or, Would you uh, say he wasn't good? Yeah, or, I'd I say, mean, yeah. After he got injured, I'd say he, was he wasn't just, very good. I'd say, he wasn't, to, I'd say he wasn't the Gabriel of – He wasn't the Gabriel the portal, of UCF, but – Right? Or, um, like, Rudock going from – you know, Iowa to Michigan. Like, I don't know if quarterbacks eat. I think quarterback sucks. Like, it's you think hard. that's the hardest one? I think O-line is. I, I would th- agree with that. I think O-line. But I also. You, you can miss more with linemen than. But you I can also hit. think O-line is the hardest to evaluate coming out of high school, but too. I'll tell you what, man. You get a guy. Let's just take DJU, for example, right? Uangalele? Yep. Somebody that didn't have a lot of success Where will he last land? season at Clemson. Just right there, you put him in a, 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 another high-profile Power 5 offense, he'll have success. You think? Yeah. I mean, Spencer Rattler was what? A There's lateral move so from much Oklahoma to South Carolina? No, not lateral. Down. You think he went down? I mean, he was already on his way down when Caleb Oklahoma's playing over. in CFBs. Yeah, but Caleb Williams was the one that stepped up halfway through the season. No, I understand that, that, but the programs aren't the same. That's total step down. Okay. Right? I can see where you're going there. Like, when I looked at his success as a quarterback, that's what I looked at. But it took forever. Yeah, it did. It it took a little time, but he made it work by by season's end. They're playing for a bowl game. Yeah, and they beat some good teams down the stretch, right? Clemson and Tennessee, he's got a thing against Orange. Hey, we'll talk more of this next and some volleyball at the 8 o'clock hour. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. 
back with you. Top of the hour. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Powered by Currency. You know the drill. I'll announce it. DB, Andrew Rogers here with you. And we just got done. I don't even know what we did at the 740 mark there, but we, we got done having a little fun, and now we're getting back to portal conversation. Live radio happened. Hey, my main man, uh, Stetson, who I would call a football mind. Stetson Bennett? Mm, kind of. Um, he does have double consonants in his last name, but it is not Two first names? It's not ends. It's a different consonant. But anyway, Stetson says, hey, catching up on today's show, and you guys were talking portal. I think Florida transfers are the good are a good example of the future rule philosophy. Not looking for the superstar transfer or the plug and play guy, rather looking for young guys that you will have for a few years. I wish Nebraska was willing to play in the Grayson McCall, Jordan Addison type sweepstakes, but I do not believe that the collective is capable of playing in that space, nor do I think Rule is a quick fix guy? Fact, Great fiction, point. some truths. I think there's a lot of truth uh, to what I, he was saying there. I, so I don't disagree is too strong of a word. I would push back a little on the collective. I think the collectives, if, if they could – Rodney King moment. Can we all just get along? Sweet Jesus. If, they, if the collectives could play in conjunction with the university, separate from the coaching staff, because they can't be the same, uh, I think they could play in that space a couple of times a year. Now, that's not to say, Stetson, that I think that you can have super-duper high-end, super-duper not, because that typically doesn't, play well in a team first culture which I believe coach rule will be saying over and over and over again if I know nothing um, I do know this early on in the first however long I've gotten a chance to keep going back and forth with coach rule on a variety of things I'll say this about his personality he is you have to be able to do two things. You have to want to work, and you have to want to be there. Those They kind of go together, but man, if nothing else, that's what I get about him. And if you're kind of a hired gun, you better really want to be there. I, I and those two things can coexist. Those two things can exist at the same time. I don't think if you're a high if you're a high NIL guy, that means you're just about the money. You could just be about the best opportunity, and the fiscal draw is part of it. Now, it can be the other way around too. Yeah, man, I'm going, I'm going for to the highest bidder. But fit has to matter. So I, I, I do think those two things can go together if possible. But he doesn't strike me as a quick fix guy either because I don't think – so there's two things I think that got overlooked in the contract. I don't think the number of years was a fluke, and I don't think how the contract was written with back-end money was coincidence either. I get the sense, especially knowing how much Coach Rule's wife loved Lincoln, loves the community. Matter of fact, weeded out some other jobs that 
didn't fit what they wanted as a family in terms of a lifestyle, I don't see quick fix either. I, I d- he is definitely, in my opinion, I may come back to <laughs> have to eat these words in three years. He strikes me as the guy early out of the gates that's playing the long game. Matt Rule? Yeah, oh, yeah. No doubt. You don't get those young guns. I mean, look at the average age of his staff. Well, And you just look at the teams that he coached, too. I mean, he's about molding players yeah. to get somewhere. It's not about the one year, the two year. It's about the three year for but that I, rule. So, so yes, and like I said to, to my man, I, I, I wouldn't use the word disagree with his sentiment on terms of playing that game because I agree with the part where he said, I just don't think he wants to get in that world. But they're capable if they want it to be. P.J. Walker and Charlie Brewer were guys that didn't just – well, Charlie, Charlie Brewer should be an ambassador for Matt Rule. Didn't just happen overnight, though. Wowzer. When P.J. was at Temple and Charlie was at Baylor, these are the quarterbacks that went with Matt Rule. Yeah. So going after a young quarterback, I think, is important to Matt. Not to say that they, if Casey comes back, that they won't make it work for his final year of eligibility because I, I think Casey's the first to get the shot at it. But – who knows? I mean, you it's have so much time until next season. You have to get through spring, too. He's going through shoulder surgery. Is he the most important get in terms of recruiting your own guys? Quarterback? Casey Thompson. At this point, I would say no, and that may be unpopular. <laughs> that may be unpopular. In, re- in regards to current guys or just filling the roster? Oh, you're taking Hausman. I would have taken Hausman for sure. Defensively, I think you build with and around Hausman on defense, and then I'd go the Casey Thompson route. Because I think there's so much availability when it comes to the quarterback position. Really? I do. That, I mean, that's me. Well, don't let me talk you out of it. No, no, no. I, and you're not. Because, I, I mean, even going into the break, we were talking about yeah. uh, I, how I said I don't think quarterback is the toughest spot to fill. And, you know, I, I understand what people are saying. When they say, like, you know, you have to find the right fit, and fit is everything when it comes to a quarterback being successful. But if I could bring in Hausman again and, and build my defense around that, a very young, talented player, that's what I'm going to do first. So, okay, so what if, Kate, what if McNamara goes to, to Iowa and, like, just lights it up? <laughs> That'd be insane. For one, that'd be insane based on what we've seen with that quarterback play lately. I think quarterback is tough. So why wouldn't you err on the side of operating in the no? Hey, quietly, though, what if Satterfield, I should add, like, what if Satterfield and those guys are just like, Ali, I, I really like this Logan Smothers. I think I could, I think I could work with this. Or Torres or Hart, like, we don't really know yet. Yeah, what's, what's Purdy's situation? Because yeah. he, was, he was a Whipple guy. So, full disclosure, how can I say this? Full disclosure, what I heard in in talking with Coach Satterfield about quarterback play and what he went through with Spencer Rattler, you're going to laugh, but I, I, I swear to goodness, there are some similarities in what I know about Brock Purdy. How they like to learn, learning style, physical attributes. Because I think Coach Satterfield will admit it was a it was a process with Spencer Rattler, and it and it finally broke through. 
I'm not saying it's going to work, and I'm not saying Purdy's going to be the guy here long term, but I will say with 100% certainty because I know Purdy's personality, there's some there's some, and I'm on record, so I'm I'm saying it out loud. There's some similarities. Well, and it's not to say that Purdy can't be successful, but when you bring in Spencer Rattler into this conversation, I'm, Rattler was at least somebody that was looked at as a potential Heisman going uh, listen, into the year. But let me tell you what we're missing when we look at physical attributes. We're missing the relationship that a quarterback and an offensive coordinator have with one another to be on the same page and think the same. It is so underappreciated. And believe me, there are so many talented arms that cannot function and flourish and work because of the relationship with the offensive coordinator. I was talking to Sage Rosenfels about four years ago, and he's like, listen, DB, the most important relationship on the football team and the NFL is between the OC and the quarterback. If it's not symbiotic, it cannot work. I don't care how talented the quarterback is, which is why I think you have so many quarterbacks flame out in, fir- in the first round because it's not just about talent. It, it really – it's about who you surround that that quarterback That's with. part of because, it. I mean, look at look at Joe Burrow, and and this is a, a a great example for me to to make this case. When you when you take Joe Burrow, you pluck him from Ohio State, you put him in LSU. He was surrounded by how how many first round picks? Five hundred first round yeah, picks at yeah, LSU. Yeah. When you put him there, is it easy? I mean, it was obviously easier for him for him to have immediate success, but it also goes back to just him being a gamer yeah. at the end of the day. So if you, it's, is he an anomaly in regards to transferring? Uh, no. So if there's other of, of Joe Burrows out there, and I'm, I'm using that term I, loosely, I don't like if th- you can find a, a quarterback like him and surround him with the right talent, how but, much but, pressure but, does the quarterback but, take on now? Burrow has proved that it's not just about the talent. Burrow has proved. You know his number one greatest attribute? He doesn't blink. His vision. He, my man loves to flourish in chaos. There's a reason they call him Joe Cool. Like, that's hard to see in 7-on-7 seven seven or Elite 11. or uh, He was the most pressured quarterback in the NFL last year with a completion percentage of over 60-some percent under those plus pressures, like, you, you can't quantify that in looking at a guy in the portal. You know what I mean? I'm with you. So I think Burrow is, is different because of his mind. And I think ultimately with quarterback play, it's about the relationship mentally that they have with their OC where they can be an extension of, of what they want them to be. It's just underappreciated, right? I mean – I don't know. I, I, it's just I think quarterbacks tough. Qu- qu- quarterbacks tough. You've changed my mind. No. Not not completely, but like you you've enhanced my viewpoint. On I, it, I just think. Say. I just I don't I I don't know. I've I seen get where you're coming from. I I've just seen really talented guys. Like I saw Kerry. I played with Kerry Collins. I saw him do a 180 from the previous year where they got beat by Dallas in the in the playoffs versus the poor season we had in 96, and primarily it was because of the belief that his teammates had in him. And it changed. Still had Joe Pendry, good offensive mind. But this 
upstairs. was different. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I and I, I I've just seen that. I just seen that too often. Okay, before we get to Michigan, Lance, he's on line one. If you could take one quarterback in the portal right now, if Casey didn't decide to stay, and you're looking for what's going on upstairs, who who has it right now? Who who is that player? It's tough because I don't know aptitude. I can just look at the offenses they ran. I'm either taking Sims from Georgia Tech or Grayson McCall. Because I think those offenses are, I wouldn't say complicated, but it involves RPO decision-making on the fly. Now, I don't think Nebraska wants to play Grayson McCall's style. So that... Although I'm, I'm I loved a, what he did in Coastal. Yeah, I just I th- I th- I think they want to be. Ah, I don't want to speak for him. I I just I, when I look at tight ends and the power run game and run action. I mean, he's talented enough to make it work, but I think they want to be able to push it a little bit when need be. So, um, I'll be curious. I just wonder if 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 we're overlooking the importance of Casey Thompson coming back to this team. And we and said it numerous times during the season. Casey gives this team the best chance to win. That's with, how we labeled with it. With Whipple. Because right. Whipple's offense seemed to accentuate his skill sets. Correct. That's why I, like, that's why I think we undersell was, the relationship between the OC and the QB. And there was a time where I even said this, too, to you, that I wanted to see more of Purdy than I wanted to see of Casey early on in the season because Purdy gave you the ability to use his legs. Could we associate Roman with and or Kaepernick without bringing in Greg Roman? No. We just couldn't. Same as we feel Roman is married to his quarterback. Okay. In, but the better Hunley plays, the more separate you can make those things. So I, I say all that to say, like, look at Jared Goff. You seen Detroit's offense? Have, have we noticed Detroit's offense since the much maligned Goff, the team that he left, the Rams, couldn't win with Goff? And what he's doing in Detroit offensively with this team, he's still the same physical talent. <laughs> but it's a different type of offense. They'll take a quarterback in the draft. <laughs> I get it. My <laughs> point is, golf is flourishing. He is. And the Lions don't cut him out just yet. Michigan Lance, you're on line one. What's going on? Oh, DB. Oh, man, you guys are saying some good stuff. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I can hear you guys when I'm listening. Hey, so um, the beautiful thing about this job is we take feedback and we can fix on the fly because we have the means. So – we're gonna to try to get better as we go. No, you are, and I knew you. And I knew you were. Um, hey, whoever your marketing team is, is doing a good job too. Because my brother-in-law in Maryland found you guys. Was like, yeah, I was listening to the BB show, and this is. I'm like, oh, okay. Like he just <laughs> started in it. I'm like, man, you know Dale Harrison. Yeah. Omaha Benson's finest. Yeah, man. He, one of the, one of the greatest like, shooters ever in high school. Yeah, hey, yeah, man, that doesn't get a lot of props because, or not necessarily props, but just recognition because he went to Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, Silky uh, smooth. You know, he, right, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and he was off conference player out there. So, uh, but yeah, but he told me he found you guys. And so you're, you guys, man, I, I love, I love seeing your progress. Thank you. Um, 
when you talk about like Jared Goff and like what he's doing in the system and being with the OC, how about the Bears and Jalen? Um, my God, the quarterback. Justin Fields. Fields. I'm with you. You're, you're talking to – these are two Bears. He, Michigan Lance is a diehard Bears fan. Let's go. See, I knew I liked him. <laughs> Andrew, you're a Bears fan? Yes. 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 Hey, how about in the in the season how they switch to an offensive team, mm-hmm. which I wanted them to do because it's an offensive league, and you talk about the OC. I'm like, okay. Now I got trust in this coaching staff. Like, okay, they they got uh, your receiver DB out of um, Claypool. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like, okay, I like what I'm seeing, and and they're rebuilding the defense younger. I'm not worried. I'm not giving up a lot in it, but they're they retooling it, and so I'm like, hey, I got some more optimism uh, with, with Justin Fields and what the. And I was a, I'm a Justin Fields guy for the Bears. Um, I, they just weren't putting them in the right position, and now they 100%. are. So, Luke Getzey, I was questioning I totally him from the start. Getzey? Yeah, after he left Green Bay, I'm like, man, he's not the guy for Justin Fields. <laughs> hey, I feel he's so, not. too. I was, too. I, I was like, man, what are we doing? And, hey, man, they, they got the thing going. And, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, quarterbacks, the OCA, yeah, like you said, it's a marriage, man. And and you want them, those guys to get along and and, like, Michigan, you talk about Harbaugh. Harbaugh found his quarterback that's his guy. They, how about how their relationship is, how they have a lot of similarities as people. And and that's what it is, man, finding that fit, finding that marriage. Football is a total different ball game, man, than when we – or sports is than when we were growing up. DB, like, the you really didn't have to have a relationship. Like, you didn't have a big relationship with Tom Osborne. No. But or or you know what I mean? It yeah, was better. Po- it was better. It's better post than during. Right, right, and and that's probably a lot of people from that era. But now it's like you you got to have relations because people are so fickle and ready to leave and and and, and so it's hey how about Malachi Coleman? Yeah. My man said no. I'm not going to Michigan visit. I'm going to California. <laughs> follow, man. This is crazy. So like, you know you know what's going to be interesting about that is. I don't I, like. I don't know the fam. I always kind of wanted to get a chance to to talk to them and kind of glean some information, just see if, yeah. if it fits my opinion. But from what I gathered through the whole recruiting process, he was more about relationships and it mm. being bigger than football. So I'll be curious to see if 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 his mom Miranda and, and pops like if if that's something that they kind of vibe with because they've been pro. It's bigger than football. It's all about relationships. So I, that one has got my attention for sure. Man, that's that like I, that's what I that's what we're coming to, and 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 I like that. That that's good stuff. DB High School basketball, man. I got to get there because we didn't get there the last time. There, there's a couple, you know. I'm rooting for uh, Omaha Public School Metro guys. I'm rooting for Coach Chauncey Lambert at Benson. Um, I like so him. I like him, him a ton. Football. What's that? I like him a ton. Yeah, man, I, 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 when I was coaching that bench, I tried to get him to come out and play football when he was there, but really good kid and, and you know, young adult now, so rooting for them, and, and I'm rooting for, obviously, Galen Gully at Bryan as well. Um, I, I don't know him, but watch him, and, and it's good to see former players as coaches giving back. And uh, my, my, So as players, Dakari Davis, 
at Burke. That's somebody I'm rooting for and like and, and, and know his family, know his mom very well and um, came from Jets Academy with my son. And so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, he, he has a good year. Uh, back, back to Brian. Hey, man, our, our guy Omar Bynum's son. And yeah. then Amari, uh, Amari and Amir Martin. Yeah, yeah, and then Amir Martin, you know, that's family right there. That's Coach Daly from Benson Football. That's his little cousin. So, man, I definitely root for him, man. And, and, and it looks like th- those guys are young programs, as long as young coaches. And hopefully in these next couple years, man, they can get to compete for some state. And obviously your boy and – and uh, C.J. Mitchell, man, you guys are contending. So the, the, inter- well. the interesting thing about Brian is is they got if they get some consistency from McCullough, who's going to run the show for him at the point, then I think yep. they'll be okay. But Coach Gully's only playing about six and a half guys right now, so that is not a deep basketball team. But they took Millard North to the brink the other night, fifty-five, fifty-one, which was a really good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Pistons, the Brian. I'm looking at them to be better at the end of the year. Than what they're doing right now, and really grow uh, at what they're doing, man. How, how's Caleb doing with basketball, with the transitioning, with his health and everything? He's good. He, um, he and 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 I'll and I'll take this off here, Lance. We appreciate the call. He okay. Is, Thank you guys. He basically traded playing in the state championship for the start of the basketball season, right? <laughs> so. But he did did fault a high school kid, and whether it's your son or not, how can you fault a high school kid for wanting to play for a state title opposed to playing at the start of a season? Yeah, he missed the first four games. He played uh, against Millard South, played well. Uh, He'll start Saturday against Pius, uh, so we'll be in Lincoln for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of of good teams. We talked to Coach Feekin. We'll talk to Coach Edson Miller. Tomorrow, I'll nail that down, Shane. He left me a message, and I did, and I forgot to call him back, even though I saw him in person uh, when Millard North played Millard West the other night. But he was talking to another coach, and I didn't want to be the guy. Hey, Coach Etz, I know I love you, but um, can you hey, talk to hey, me for a second? Fast, yeah, real fast. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so I'll make sure that I that I nail that down. Right. But uh, Ooh, me likey, you know, Bellevue West. Me the, the depth is going to be. Depth is going to be good at the high school level, and I'm really enjoying what I've been seeing early on from Class A and Class B. Yeah, it's it's going to be highly, highly com- competitive. I think so. Um, Coach's corner will continue. I I do think though we undersell the whole quarterback thing and the OC. Like we have to the really, relationship. Yeah, we have to really remember that. And I think the same with offensive line and offensive linemen. That relationship. Which is why I was happy when people that are connected to the program, and these are family of people that are connected to the program, say, hey, listen, our guys are cheering for Coach Rayola. We want Coach Rayola. Because as a media guy or a fan or whatever you want to call what it is that we do, that's the most important thing to me. It's way more important than, than my opinion or what our opinions are. If the players 100%. are for it. Then I'm for it, and, and I think that's what we got. That's you know what? And that's the biggest critique. If I went back and looked at my viewpoint, relationship building between the quarterback and OC, that, that's priority number one. But I heard it in your response to me yesterday about what you'd take in coaching. You want the relationship builder mm-hmm. versus the person that's been there, done that. 100%. I, hey. I, I, could, I could tell. <laughs> 100%. Hey, I promise I'll talk volleyball with Andy Kendi next. <laughs> Cosmo.
Ozzy and Crane with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are back. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and on the line, one of our favorites from KETV, sports director Andy Kendi. What's up, my man? Morning, boys. There's snow on the ground, huh? Yeah, yeah. you know what? We were we were trying to figure out if it's actually sticking or if it, or if it's just kind of blowing into piles because of how windy it is. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get enough to where it's going to stick, but it's certainly blowing. That's for sure. So you wouldn't got a, uh, you wouldn't consider this sticking I, then? Well, it sticks on the pavement for now, and I don't know how the roads are, but. My goodness, I have to check in with my junior in high school and make sure she gets to school okay. <laughs> hey, isn't that something? I'm in the same vein, man. But listen, yeah. so what would Sean and Caitlin, what would those guys say? Would they? Is this accumulating? Is that the proper term, AK? Ah, you know people. I would call this a, would call this a dust thing. A don't dust. you think they'd call this a dust thing? I don't know, uh, maybe, man. You know, and it's funny because they take all their accumulations from Epley. So yeah. if it doesn't happen at Apley, technically it didn't happen in Omaha, which is kind of farcical if you think about it. But uh, <laughs> why not we'll pick one of the most see. eastern points in the city? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, well, I'll be interested to see how this all turns out today. And you know, we haven't had a white Christmas in a few years, so this might be the start of something a little different, a little unique. So it's hey. good for that. Hey, I love where your head's at. Hey, AK. So yeah. how about so how about this though? On the heels of fi- the Final Four, and you have. Louisville, who is in the the south, kind of. Texas, warm weather. San Diego, it's like, hey, this is Nebraska. Nice welcome. Welcome. And it's like, let's play some volleyball. Are you excited for this one, or does the lack of, well, for sure a Big Ten feel, no Big Ten, no Pac-12, but we love us some volleyball. Are we going to be okay? We'll be okay. I'm interested to see who shows up, who shows out, both on the court and off. You know, guys, I looked at the – just for kicks last night, I had 30 seconds. I said, how much would tickets cost? Mm-hmm. You know how much you can get in the building for? Talk to me. At least last night, you could get in the building for 6 bucks. Uh, uh, hopefully you found that at Red Zone Ticket Express. yeah dv's a pro let's go go red zone that tells me that there's some there's some there's some there's some tickets to be had out there at least for tonight i didn't check saturday but um i tell you what that's a pretty good value if you get in for six bucks tonight aka i was I was talking with Andrew, doing some show prep this morning, and it was early, whatever time. Andrew texted me five, yeah. six o'clock, five, whatever. Five we and we were kind of going back and forth about um, Coach Cook, and he had to sit down with Tom Chattel, and he's so honest and authentic. And Andrew and I got into this conversation yesterday on the heels of Mike Leach, guy that hadn't really played at a high level, but was very good at connecting with people and ultimately won 60% of his games. He had some interesting comments on Danny Busboom Kelly on what makes her a great coach and the fact that she can say some things to her players and get them to play a certain way, and they like her for it because of her her having been through it. Is there a preference for you? Is there a style? Are you a... 
are you a teacher versus been there, done that kind of guy? Like, what do you think clicks with people today? Well, I think the great ones can do a both. Can have both. Yeah, yeah, because I think there's a. You can't pick both, Andy. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'll tell you. Isn't there a notion for kids these days, like, oh, raise an eyebrow? Now, John Cook's a little different because he's got the merits and the and the hardware to prove that he knows what the heck he's doing. But take another coach in a different situation who's still come up the ranks who never played. And you got a kid, I don't care what sport it is, saying, how do you know what I'm going through because he's never been through it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think in Danny Busboos Kelly's uh, situation, she has not only been through the ringer as a player, but she's also been up the rank through the assistant coaches, have won at the highest level in college volleyball. So there's a, uh, a base of knowledge there that the kids have to respect. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this next generation moving forward, I think having done that certainly, certainly helps. And we're speaking with Andy Kendi, sports director at KETV. Uh, You know, on the note of John Cook, as if you thought he couldn't be any more of a class act, (laughs) yesterday he tweeted this, Nebraska is the epicenter of volleyball in the country. Come out and show your support for the Final Four in Omaha. Four great teams will be electric. And that says a lot for somebody that got bounced earlier on in the tournament and from a, a, a team perspective there. But despite not having a rooting interest, how cool is it just for the city to host an event like this? Well, I bet it kills John Cook to have this event with, with without his team. Well, he That's didn't want one. to talk about Texas. How about yeah, that with two former players? Yeah. He, he's like, yeah, no comment. How about that, huh? Uh, <laughs> he's great, though. Like, I can appreciate – don't be somebody you're not. I can appreciate the competitor in him, and I would be – surprised if he would have said something different you know db yeah oh, i mean for sure. we all know him yep of course you know i've got an old um colleague of mine actually my mentor in the business he used to play noon ball basketball with john cook and i asked him one time i said hey what what was john cook like on the basketball court, court? and he said andy got the sharpest elbows in the country yep I- this is noon ball basketball <laughs> people at his level, are just wired differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but getting back to your question about how great it is. It is a, I mean, talk about the ability to host a celebration of volleyball. I was in at the CHI yesterday. There are coaches from all over the country with all different you know schools represented on, at all levels mm-hmm. on their sweatshirts getting their credentials or whatever. I mean, this is a chance for Omaha to show out. Of course, it's dusting snow in the San Diego of the Big Ten. Um, But Ah. that being said, I think people, even when you flip on the local channels, you can go and you guys have been to other places when there's been a big event going on. And you're like, God, if you didn't know it, you wouldn't know that the event's in town. Mm-hmm. In Omaha, Nebraska, you know the volleyball tournament's going on. You know, people pay attention and people care, and that will show out this weekend. AK, let me stay with local uh, on the heels of what what Bud Crawford did on Saturday with, and in in you were leaving. Uh, good on you for being at Westside Basketball and getting to the fight. And as a dad, that's why I love AK for Channel Seven. <laughs> well, and he uh, went to every event that pertains to you. And it's just been his poor daughter. <laughs> she was like, Dad, listen, this is my, this She's is like, my school. Away. Don't embarrass me. Um, yeah. So so AK, as you're talking about what Omaha does, 
and how we embrace events and it's event town. I, I think of like events like the Remington. I, I think of Bud Crawford. Like, at what point do you think we'll take a step back and be so proud? I am so proud <laughs> of kind of what the city has actually accomplished as, as, as a sports entity. That's a great question. I don't know if I don't know if we're a take back and uh, reflect town. I think we're not a yet. Town. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a point where you say you can do a laundry list, and maybe this is a time of reflection because of the big events going on this week. But you mentioned the Remington. We got the Outland Trophy coming up. The awards coming up right after the first of the year. Um, you know, College World Series. It goes on and on about how this city shows up for big events i i you know i would challenge anyone to to come up with a city our size that that, um, hosts more productive and attended sporting events than omaha nebraska we're a big event town we love our sports and um while we don't have professional sports here we have uh, other entities that uh, pour our passions into whether it's husker football or creighton basketball you want hockey you name the list or bud crawford tv that 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 Bud Crawford fight in the in the arena. I will never forget. There's nothing like a crowd when when the fighter that everybody's rooting for, like Bud Crawford, lands his combination and it's over. That was an eruption you can't even describe unless you be there. It's a sound you just won't forget. And it was just it was electric Saturday night. It was one of the all-timers. So you know it's interesting too, AK, just because you know I I love boxing. I followed it I don't know since I was a kid and it was on ABC. I'm live tweeting the fight. I just don't think we're going to get how good he is for some years because what he means and what he's done in that sport, I just don't know if if we fully I I know we haven't. We just don't fully appreciate his greatness. I agree. I agree. I think there'll be years down the road where you say, God, if I didn't, if I realized now or then what I know now, I would have been more active in terms of uh, being showing up for, for fighting uh, for the big fights. And there were still thousands of people there uh, on Saturday night. This guy's so good, he has trouble scheduling fights. Think about that for a second. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> he can't get guys to fight him. Yeah, I know. I get and it. And, yeah, people can Andy, we appreciate the, your time this morning. Way. Thanks so much. Enjoy the day. All right. You too, guys. Thanks, AK. Coming up next, we are talking to Patrick Everson of Vegas Insider. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are back to wrap this thing up on Hale Varsity Radio. It's coffee and cream in the morning, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and one of my favorite segments, DB, when we talk sports betting. It's kind of a vice of mine. <laughs> and uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's no better person that I like to talk to than Patrick Everson. He's on the line. Patrick, good morning from Omaha. It's snowing here. What's the weather like in Vegas? Not snowing. Well, it's not snowing, but by Vegas, <laughs> it's 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 a little chilly. Uh, it's definitely chilly. It's like in the 30s right now because it's really early. This is this is the thing. I love Pacific time zone. 
for everything else, especially the sports schedule. But um, the only time it's a little bit of a bummer is with uh, is is with any show that's back east. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a morning show. That's a morning show. It's six forty-five here on Friday. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like that's why I, I told Andrew. I was like, guys, it's a good thing you're likable because I don't know a lot of guys that we could grab in the six o'clock hour in a different time zone. If you're here. I think it's different because you're probably accustomed to we it. We struggled to get some of our writers to get on at 8. <laughs> so we appreciate oh, So, So I'm trying to get my arms around this because Andrew and I talk a lot about this. And I don't know if soccer is one of those sports. It seems like the NBA is too. But steam, late action moving lines – in your kind of in your profession, as you're kind of capping this thing, does steam in soccer, and we better maybe explain it to some of our listeners, like late action where it moves a ton late in a certain direction, does it seem to be more prevalent and have it hit in soccer than other sports, or is that just me? I don't. I don't know that it's any more prevalent. It doesn't seem like if, if it does happen, it doesn't seem like because soccer odds are so different. Um, I mean, look, they're using the same, it's, it's a money line, so it's not different than, you know, well, I mean, there are a million ways you can bet soccer, but generally speaking, you're betting some sort of either two advance money line or the three-way money line of 90 minutes plus injury time. So, um, I haven't heard about it as much and maybe it's because it, what it, what it does, it's not going to move things probably insane, you know, in, in a way that's really as notable as when you see a point spread move. For example, last Sunday morning. Uh, NFL, the Browns went from five and a half to four because they got drilled in literally a 10-minute stretch. And it was all sharp play coming in, and it was multiple books, <laughs> and everybody was jumping on the Browns late. Uh, and as it turns out, they were, the, they were the wrong side. Look, it doesn't mean the Sharps didn't do their homework and didn't, and didn't feel like they'd waited to the best opportune moment, the most opportune moment to get uh, as much as they could out of, that, out of a number they felt was off. They're not always going to win. They just do a lot more homework and analytics and running simulations and so forth than people like me and you do. So um, those just – I think those stand out more because of just a volume of betting that takes place in general on the NFL. Now, that's not to say there's not a ton of betting going on with the World Cup, and there, as there has been, but um, it's just uh, – it's not the same beast, at least in the United States, as it is in the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, the World Cup is – I mean – Soccer is the most bet sport. The World Cup yep. is the most bet international. It's, cr- event. it's crazy. Super Bowl by miles. And, and here's the thing, though. Like, you know what I don't understand? It's and you hit the nail. I I think you answered this kind of this this hypothesis in my head because there's so many ways to play soccer. But when you see so much plus money, right? You could see a plus one forty, a plus two twenty, a plus two twenty, or a plus. 210 for a draw you mm-hmm. you can play over-unders you can play team totals when you see all that plus money typically a lot in soccer is that's what's inviting or is it just the sheer volume of it covering the world which means you're bringing more people to the party oh i think that's definitely part of it maybe a little bit of both of what you said but certainly the latter element it's such a uh you know it's such an international game and uh, and it and it and, and it has gotten bet pretty well in the United States, even though it's had to go head to head with football season. And um, but, but you know, 
And I think part of that is because of your latter point. It's such an international game, and the United States has got such a diverse array of people who live here from all over the place. Uh, who and it gets the casual fan as well, and even the non-better that's you know that 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 finds it entertaining. So uh, in, in much the same way that the Super Bowl does, a lot of times people who don't watch football who don't normally bet. I mean, it's such an event that you just want to have a little of your fingers in the grease. You want to you know. Uh, like everybody else does. So um, I think I think all of that plays in. Patrick, let's talk Week 15. We'll begin with Thursday night football. Uh, this matchup actually in an article you can check out on Vegas Insider written by Patrick Everson. And if you want to toss him a follow too, it's at Patrick E underscore Vegas on Twitter. But keeping it with Thursday night football, there's a lot of questions surrounding the status of Brock Purdy, although he, uh, at least based on late reports, seems like he's trending to play in this game. But the 49ers are still a three and a half point favorite against the Seahawks. How have you seen uh, the action and the, the odds move behind the counter for a matchup like this? And if you had to pick one, who would you play? Well, I think in the latest update I did for that, which was yesterday, I'll have more updates coming today and a video. I'll be out of uh, I'll be out of a fine sports book somewhere in the city of Las Vegas today with a little pregame video on the Twitter feed that you mentioned. Nice. So uh, actually, I'll thank Spider and then I'll reach it online. But but um, yesterday, I'm talking with points bet, pretty good two way action on the spread, but the money line play, even though it's minus a minus money play, which doesn't mean it's not value, it just means that's what people think of it. Um, <laughs> the money line play seems to be on the 49ers. Uh, well, some people get confused. They think plus money means value. You know, I, 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 lo- I value listen, is value is where you find it. I <laughs> love that sentiment because. We talk ourselves out of things just because, oh, I value, value, value. And I'm like, if you're losing, it's not value. Like, obviously, plus exactly. is going to be enticing, but if you're losing, there's no value. <laughs> exactly. It's not necessarily value because it's plus. So be careful how you think about that. But uh, that said, PointsBet wants a Seahawks upset, and I can see why. It's not just the money line play. It's that most people are going to lead off their parlays and money line parlays and such this week with the 49ers. So they would love. Seahawks upset, and I think that's how it's going to go. In fact, I'll just check right now because I've got some some uh, some fresh stuff. I know I have some fresh stuff, literally sitting in my inbox right now from <laughs> BetMGM. Uh, First on it. Uh, uh, yep, here we go. So, I mean, this is just this is this landed in my inbox 15 minutes ago. So they're seeing really interesting betting on the spread at BetMGM. 64% of tickets Niners, 70% of money Seahawks. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. A very much split opinion. Um, you could call it two way action, but it is. But it's certainly the money is leaning, you know, two two and a half to one in favor of Seattle. So that's kind of interesting. Um, however, uh, kind of mirroring points bet, uh, they're going with the with the Niners on the money line. They're playing the money line, saying, "Hey, I don't want to bother. So I'll take the Niners on the money line. All I need to do is win the game." So and they'll with their money line. They just need the Niners to win the game. They are the better. Uh, provide plays tonight, but uh, I think generally folks are going to want a, a Seahawks upset. I'm taking it not because I want it or necessarily that the books need it. It's I like Seahawks money line because provided Purdy plays and probably even more so if he doesn't. But this is his second career start. Quarterback regression. It's on the road yep. in a in a technically tough in a generally tough environment for road teams. Uh, the ball man and all that, 
I think it's, I just think situationally, uh, short week too. Um, you know, and, and, and that doesn't hurt that the Seahawks really need this game. They need to win this game. So, uh, to stay, you know, to keep themselves active in the playoff chase. So I think just the kind of the combination of factors. I didn't run simulations. I didn't do analytics. I don't claim to be sharp at all. So, uh, in fact, I've several times claimed to be dull, uh, <laughs> rather than sharp. So, uh, I just think it's a, more of a situational spot where, um, I think it could be uh, a tough adjustment for Purdy tonight and, uh, you know, on the road, first NFL start on the road. Seahawks really need a win. Uh, I just think it's a good spot for potential saddle. I don't like, I, I don't like the three and a half because it's three in the hook. I'm just like, well, hell with it. Let's just take the money line. Let's go. Uh, let me ask you something. Why do you think, because some sites, you know, as you pull it up, you see minus 115 at plus or minus three and, you know, plus 100 to play the plus three. Why do you think that there's the reluctance? Like, you'll see, like, 150s, 155 juice versus moving the line. What to the next yeah, half it, point? What's the in- – for to educate people out there, what's the incentive to make you pay the juice without moving off the next key number? Well, here's the thing. For the book – well, first off, let me say this: if you if if there's a book you're using that is willing to go to like minus three, minus one forty, minus one forty five, minus one fifty, you need to use a different book because <laughs> that's that's not how far that should go. Um, but I do understand why books will go minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. Usually, the kind of the limit for a book that's doing good business, um, you know trying to have some level of fairness to the customer, minus 125, maybe minus 130 on the very long end. Mm. But minus 125 is generally the breaking point. Usually they don't even go there before they go to three and a half. But I understand minus 115, minus 120, even minus 125. Three, when you're sitting on a key number and, and you've got you know, you know a decent amount of play at a key number, you want to be really careful because you're inviting back, as soon as you go off that key number, you're inviting back, super sharp play and maybe every every other play. And in addition, by taking yourself off a key number, you go, uh, for example, this happened last week with the Raiders game, six and six and a half. And I'll try to be quick on this because I don't know if I'm up against it or not. So tell me if I'm up against you it. You are, you are. Um, okay, six, six and a half. You go to, you go to, you go to six and a half and, and then back to six. And let's say the number lands on six. Well, then Everybody who betted at six gets a refund. Everybody who got the plus six and a half gets paid. Uh, it's just it, it's a bad situation. You're giving out refunds and paying people instead of actually making money. So it's it's a really prime number, that, really prime uh, scoring numbers three, six, seven, etc. Where you just got to be careful there. Patrick Everson, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks, we'll talk soon. You bet. Take care. And we appreciate all of you listening out there too. Yep. Need tickets? Uh, Morgan Wallen. Uh, NCAA Final Four tonight, Creighton, Husker Basketball, Mannheim Steamroller, whatever you need. Red Zone Tickets has got you covered. The NFL, too? Yeah, we've been talking about it. They have a wide variety of price points. Red Zone Tickets located right here in Omaha. A-plus better business rating. Remember, visit RedZoneTickets.com today. That's RedZoneTickets.com. We'll see you tomorrow on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency.